Good morning. Would you please stand and sing with us? please pray with us dear God we're so grateful and thankful for this day Lord we're thankful that we're able to gather here together and worship you and today Lord we pray that you would open our hearts and open our minds so that we could focus on the message and receive your word in Jesus name amen
one another. Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the pastor here. We're so grateful that you've joined us in worship today. If you'll take out your bulletin, I can tell you just a couple of things as part of our um, announcements for the morning. 
We'd like to frame our, pra- our announcements in the five practices of fruitful congregations. We try to live them out to the best of our ability, the first of which being radical hospitality. We hope that you were greeted on the way in. We have a security check-in station if you have a young child for um, Sunday school or nursery. We have snacks over here, and we have restrooms over here. We have uh, on the inside panel um, the chance to sign up for the dinner that's coming up. Um, You'll have a great time. It's going to be great food. We have entertainment. Sign up right here. You can um, tear it out and uh, leave it in the baskets in the back. Uh, On the table, you can turn in your whole bulletin uh, in the baskets in the back, um, whatever you'd like to do, and that will be helpful to us. You also see uh, as part of passionate worship um, the ability to participate in a um, uh, prayer group We have a prayer group that meets on campus every Tuesday, but you can receive the things that they pray for um, if you want to sign up. There's an email version and a phone version. We believe in intentional faith development. What can we do throughout the week to develop our faith in between worship services? Um, Children and youth tonight, because of spring break, will not meet. Normally we meet at 5. We will again next week. Adults do meet tonight. The adult uh, class that meets in the social hall will meet uh, tonight. We, bl- we believe in risk-taking mission and service. What can we do to serve the community? You'll see uh, opportunities in that section on the inside of your bulletin. The next one, uh, big one coming up, is helping with annual conference in Greenville. It's not a big deal. It's just like being a greeter here and helping out. We believe in extravagant generosity. And you'll see uh, in that section how you can give electronically if you'd like to give that way. We've gone away from simple reports week to week in our bulletin for a far more detailed report once a month in the newsletter. The newsletters are in the back, and they're also in every email. That's plenty of announcements. Let's pray together. Gracious God, transition us from arriving here to being here. From being scattered to being focused. From thinking about ourselves to thinking about you. From wondering what in the world scripture says and what it means for us. To focusing intentionally, hearing the story, feeling every perspective. And learning something significant today for our walk with you. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The opening image today is credentials. When you see all sorts of television shows, you go to all sorts of um, places of business. When you go to special events, uh, sports, concerts, you've got to have something that shows that you are who you say you are and that you have the ability to do what you're doing. Um, when the guy runs out in the middle of the street, stops the person driving the car and has a badge and says, I need to take your car. It's happened uh, in almost every action movie involving police. It's that badge. That's the difference. Let's look at three different ones. First is, um, let's talk about hospitals. An ID badge matters entirely to a hospital system. You've got um, infants 
that are being born and the changes that have happened in the sections in which children's, children are born in hospitals have has been enormous in my short time. You now have to go and sign in at the desk. You have to get a picture ID. You have to show your driver's license. You have to have all that on a sticker before you can ever go back behind the door, and then you have to sign back out. It reminds me of uh, Dwight Schrute on The Office saying immediately mark your child's foot with some kind of number because you have no idea uh, what the hospital's doing. Let's look at the next one. This is near and dear to my heart. If you've worked with me on any committee, it's color coding. I love, love, love color coding. And this is actually an article about how color coding helps patients at this hospital. So when they see a particular color coming in, they've got an actual chart that says, this is what this person is supposed to be doing. And as you go through a hospital, I do it quite frequently, you see people going this way and that way and this way, and some of their coats stop here. It means they're learning. Some of their coats stop here. It means they've gotten their full credentials. Some of them are this color. Some of them are that color. It means what they're doing while they're on campus. And it makes a lot of sense. Um, the last is key fobs. There are times when I go see someone um, who's on a particular level of care, uh, an ICU of some sort. And they don't want just any person walking in an ICU. So they have to, an employee has to key you in, a receptionist has to key you in, and then the door opens automatically. It doesn't even have handles on it um, so that no one could go in there. All of these things are designed to let everyone there, employees, patients, family, know exactly who everyone is and exactly what they're supposed to be doing if it's done the right way. Now, a side note, one of my first hospital visits here, I was standing in the pre-surgery with um, um, one of our people in their room, and the nurse popped in the door and handed me a pen. Thanks. There was a person who was a member of our church who was a nurse who looked and noticed that's the pen that you mark what's going to happen, and where it's going to happen. <laughs> this person thought that I was the doctor, the surgeon, about to perform the surgery. And I said in that moment, well, you know, I kind of give that surgeon vibe, right? The kind of attention to detail where I could remove an organ <laughs> and sew you back up. That's the kind of feel that I, is it, would y'all, what do y'all think? Yes, no, maybe, no, no. Question is, with a credential, who are you and what are you doing? I want you to have that in mind as we read the text for today. John 20, starting with verse 19. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. Now, if he were my daughter and he were behind a door, he'd say, peace be with you and make me jump, right? Can you imagine they're behind closed doors? This is after his resurrection that they haven't really processed. Days later in the same town where it all happened, I'm imagining he more went, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. 
When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As my Father sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. So the next phrase. How can we tell it's you? That's what I'm talking about with the credentials. How can we tell that you are who you say we are? Well, a real chief indicator is the phrase, peace be with you. This is something that he lived his entire life. Whether he was out in the desert, whether he was preaching in Galilee, whether he was walking in Bethany in the crazy, crazy streets of Jerusalem, as he was experiencing the loss of his life, his life, his very death, he was offering peace. And now he comes again. Who is this person on the inside of the door? Why do we have the doors locked so no one can come in? We might not necessarily recognize him in this form, but I tell you something that we do recognize. Peace be with you. His actions, his words, his character was all connected to peace. Verse 24. Thomas, the one called Didymus, one of the twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger in the wounds left by the nails, and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. After eight days, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. No more disbelief. Believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Jesus replied, do you believe because you see me? Happier those who don't see and yet believe. This is an awful lot to process, to understand, and to believe. And in that moment, eight days later, they're still in Jerusalem. They're still in that spot. They're still in the place where it all happened, where he was tried, where he was found guilty, where he was dragged through the streets, and where he was crucified. And in that moment, he still comes to them and says, peace be with you. So this is the question we've got to ask ourselves in the next phrase. In regards to Thomas, is this a stubborn and ignorant human? Or is this a loving and persistent God? That is a significant question. What is the headline of this story? If you were there, there are four of you there. You're each writing what happened like a beat writer at the Olympics. And you're writing down exactly what happened in the story. What captures you? The human who said, I don't know, man. I mean, I know we fed way more than 5,000 people when we didn't have much food. I know that he healed a man that was dead. I know that we saw a storm on the water that freaked us out on a level, even as lifelong three-generation, five-generation fishermen 
scared us absolutely to our core, and he settled that down. I know I saw that. But I don't know, man. I don't know if that happened. I'm going to need to see the marks. I'm going to need to see what happened. I'm going to need to unsee all that was before me 15 days ago. See, because sometimes, and I've, I've been there, when it involved me, when it involved a parishioner, when it involved my child, when it involved someone in the church, where you saw something so painful, so broken, you can never let that go. So I don't pile on him, even though he saw those amazing things prior to the crucifixion, but he says, I, I don't know, man, I've got to see it for myself. So is Thomas the star asking that question in this story for you? Or is Jesus the star? Is it about a stubborn human, this story? Or is it about a loving and persistent God? It matters because of your patience for yourself and for your patience with humanity. Real simple, real world. How often do people frustrate you for being real dumb? For being real slow? For being an impediment to everything you could ever try to do. Can you believe this person? Can you believe this person in my way, in whatever form, impeding everything that I'm trying to do? Part of your inability to be patient with that person is directly tied to your inability to be patient with yourself. Now, I don't say this as a Zen master who has championed this particular concept. I say it as a human being who struggles with it on a frequent basis. If you think the star of this story is a loving, persistent God who will do whatever it takes, whether it's a locked door, whether it's fear on the other side of that door, whether it's doubt on the other side of that door, Jesus went through that and spoke to them in a way that comforted them and inspired them to move forward from the day. And those people that didn't get to hear it and wonder about it even past this day, he says, I want you to look. I want you to see. Whatever it takes for you to understand, teachers get this, parents get this, coaches get this, bosses get this, if it's a good one. I'm going to communicate to you in the way that you need to hear it so that we can move forward. A loving, persistent God. Verse 30. Then Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence. Signs that aren't recorded in this scroll. But these things are written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and that believing you will have life in his name. This last paragraph really helps us understand that this is not written every day and posted in the newspaper or posted on an online article or even posted 12 months later. This person who compiled this story wrote it down 60, 70, 80 years after all of this happened for people who are trying to understand what in the world it was 85 years ago. 
so that you may believe, so that you may understand. And what's crazy is he says, yeah, um, we, we included a lot of stuff, stuff that you wouldn't believe happened. There's even more stuff. Like, I don't even have time to tell you. I don't even have the paper to tell you all the things that happened after the resurrection that you can understand and believe. But the phrase that sticks out to me, your next phrase, that you would have life in his name. You know, that matters. I know that every church has a personality in the way that they talk about the relationship between God and human beings, Jesus and human beings, and what that relationship is like on the God side, on the human side. I know that every minister emphasizes different things in the relationship between God and human beings. I know that I'm one of those people that underemphasizes. look, y'all don't figure this out. You are toast. You are in serious trouble if you can't fix it. And there may be people in this congregation in both worship services that need to hear that from me more often than I say it. Now, I'll say it in my household. I will say it about children growing up. But it's always couched with the significance of what I'm asking you to do. The overall plan of why it matters that you do what you do. And in my opinion, it matters because he says, so that you may have life. Not so that you may live in fear. Not so that you may wonder whether you are accepted or whether that person are accepted. Not so that it may be placed in your hands, but that you may have life and live. They're not thriving in this moment. Where are they? They're behind a locked door, shivering. If we have fear that the world is after us, if we read article after article after article of all the things that are happening around our planet and happening in our nation and happening in our community, and we think, oh my word, the whole human race is fighting with one another and one day they're coming for us and so we better find a way to secure ourselves so that we have to never deal with any of that. Then we are the disciples then we are human beings. But if we move past that fear, if we have a willingness to live and thrive despite the world that's swirling around us, then we have life in his name. Then we live by his example. So last phrase regarding credentials. We can tell it's Jesus. It's simple. Because the door was locked and he's here now. Who's doing that? Because the marks in his hands and the marks in his side. Because the words that he shared, peace be with you, we can tell it's Jesus. If we had no other credential with our community, with our extended family, with our co-workers, then our actions and our words would people tell that we are believers. Or do we say, oh man, I'm so grateful that Jesus is up there being friendly and forgiving people so that I don't have to bother with that. 
so that I don't have to figure that stuff out. Mm -mm. Here's a checklist. Do you offer peace in the face of aggression? 50-50. Are you persistent in your love for others? Are you living a life of faith and hope? Who are we? And what are we doing? Now, if you're, look, if you're hearing that checklist and you think, yeah, I don't know. I'm still concerned. I'm still wondering. I don't know if I can live this life. I don't know if I have what it takes. Great. That's because you're human. But if you're hearing this story and you're truly feeling that Jesus was a part of it and that Jesus came to embrace humanity and say, peace be with you, then you can trust in the fact that you can be used as an instrument of that peace no matter what preceded today. I can be an instrument of that peace and people are going to tell that I attend church, that I'm involved, that I have faith and hope because of my actions and my words. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand and join me in our modern affirmation. These are words that we say in our service here that affirm our faith. You're welcome to listen. You're welcome to join us. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. It's now time for our offering. And you can give, as the plate goes by, you can simply hand the plate over. You can give electronically with the instructions in the bulletin. And if you're a guest today, if you're new to our um, worship, we certainly don't expect you to give. You can, um, but you can rely on the generosity of our people.
stand and sing this last one with us.
inspiring story today if we take it in if people see you in this community will they believe that you are a follower based on your actions and your words go in peace may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all my chains are gone.